Welcome back to Textonation. We have another great interview in store. Joining us is Tim Enwall, the head of Misty Robotics. Thanks for joining us, Tim. Good to be back with you, Fred. And uh, Misty, too, is standing next to you. But let's talk a little bit about the background of the company a little bit first before we uh, chat about what's new. Give us some background. Yeah, so Misty is a spin-out of Sphero. Uh, many of your listeners will be familiar with Sphero, uh, makers of robots for more than 10 years. Uh, they've shipped 5 million at this point, uh, largely toy and education robots. Uh, the founder of Sphero has been building robots for 25 years since he was 12, uh, and he always conceived of a very sophisticated, powerful robot that could do many tasks for us. Um, and he looked at the world of robotics and said, you know, the only people who can participate in robotics are this very tiny group of very specifically educated people called roboticists, uh, which sort of leaves everybody else out, right? It leaves every business, every IT group, every developer. Uh, it, really, it really leaves everybody out of the robotics industry other than that sort of uh, tiny uh, group of wizards. And you know, since he is one, he decided, well, let me make uh, an open source robot, and in quotes, uh, an open source robot that anybody should be able to easily make a robot app and solve a robot problem. So, you know, solve hundreds of problems for the office, solve hundreds of problems for the home, uh, you know, and eventually those people who solve those problems, their apps would be available in an app store. Uh, so Misty is a platform robot uh, for companies and developers to create robot apps uh, that solve problems out, out in the world. Uh, and, you know, and as you can see, she's not gonna solve problems in a warehouse or on a factory floor. Um, there's plenty of those wizards who have decided I'm going to make you know a million dollar robot a few hundred thousand dollar robot I'm going to sell a few of those uh, but there's really no roboticists around there's a handful in the world who have tackled the problem of a sophisticated robot for less than three thousand uh, dollars that's available to everyone to build applications for uh, and you know we've got dozens of, uh, of customers building applications, uh, some to take care of the elderly in their homes, some to take care of the elderly in a facility, some to be an office uh, assistant in a reception, uh, some to be a concierge, some to be a, a helper of therapists with disabled kids and autistic kids, um, some to be customer service agents. Uh, so, you know, lots of, uh, lots of robot apps, you might call them a skill uh, that can be built by software developers. And, and the beauty, Fred, is um, for the first time ever, you know, hundreds of people who could never imagine delivering a robot solution to market, you know, they're spending a few months building an app and now they're delivering robot solutions to the market. So uh, it, it's been really exciting to launch our product 15 months ago see our customers really getting into um, how can Misty the Robot solve the problem that I'm really familiar with, apply some software development and start solving a problem. And with this year's virtual consumer electronics show, you've announced a new capability for, for Misty to tell us about it. Yeah, uh, so we decided we would create our own robot app 
Um, so it too would go into the App Store. Uh, and it is a temperature screening assistant application uh, where Misty asks the, the COVID-19 screening questions. You know, have you had these symptoms? Have you been around something or caring for somebody with these symptoms? Uh, and then she, with a thermal camera in her visor, uh, with a thermal camera and an external reference device that the FDA uh, requires for high accuracy, take somebody's temperature. And if it's elevated, we'll let somebody in the facility know, hey, um, you need to come check this person further. Uh, and if not, then admits them into the facility. So, you know, she's been hard at work uh, in some pilot sites the last couple months. And, and we announced this week at CES that she's production, uh, you know, fully ready to go. Uh, all the kinks have been worked out. All the features have been added. Uh, you know, there's a website where the administrator can go and see, you know, how many people were scanned, what were their temperatures, what were their answers to questions. Um, and, you know, so she's just been reliably out there in the world uh, doing her job. So for people who want to envision how applications work with, with, the, with the Misty robot, can they liken this to having a phone that they download their apps and, and, and run them? Or what's, it, what's the experience? So for the developer, absolutely, you can liken it to a phone. You could liken it to a game console. You could liken it to AR, VR headsets where the developer has a piece of clay. There's an API. They, they know how to write software. And they build an app. And they load the app onto the robot. And they run the app. Um, you know, there, there, aren't, there aren't enough applications yet, Fred. I mean, we're only 15 months into the market for us to have an app store yet. Uh, on our website, you can see the solution hub. Uh, and if you squint hard, you'll see an application, an app store uh, on that page. You know, it describes the various ap applications that our customers are working on. Uh, you know, we add more regularly to that page, but we're not yet at the point where, you know, you can go to that page, transact, download a software package, you know, pay your money, download it onto the robot. There, there's still an extra step where you need to go and talk to the application developer, negotiate with them for the price, load it onto your robot. Uh, but absolutely, uh, you know, where this is headed is, you know, if you have a Misty robot because you bought it for temp screening and you happen to be at a children's hospital, so you want it to be a therapist assistant as well. Yep. You just go to the therapist assistant app providers. There are three of them and in, you select and you download, and now you've got a, an app that where Misty is being a therapist assistant to autistic and disabled kids. Really interesting. So tell us what that experience is like. I mean, you have that, you've got uh, software that enables it for, I guess, combating isolation as a companion mm -hmm. type of thing as well. And for senior facilities, tell us about it. Uh, tell you about the apps or the robot? Yeah, how, what the experience is like for people, how it's, how it's being used out in the world now. And I, I know it's just getting started. So, uh, so let's look at the elder care case. Um, our customer in Barcelona, Spain, uh, they won a project from the city of Barcelona uh, because the city knows that they have an, elder, an, an aging population. And it's a big problem that they're 
population is lonely, isolated, uh, scared, not necessarily safe, not connected to healthcare. Uh, and, and our customer won that project. Their software developers have built an app. Uh, the app, uh, you know, Misty is in the home on her wireless charger at a certain frequency, she'll come out and she'll navigate the house, find the person. Uh, if it's time for their medicines, give them medis a medication reminder. Uh, if, it's, uh, if it's time to connect with uh, somebody remotely, connect that elderly person with a remote caregiver, whether it's you know, a medical caregiver or a family caregiver, uh, and, you know, and interact with that elderly person. Uh, if, it's, if it's a therapeutic aid, uh, you know, the, the therapist or the special ed teacher in a school working with disabled kids and autistic kids, um, you know, goes to their personal computer, loads up the personal computer part of the app, which is essentially puppeting and working with Misty as a puppet. Uh, and then Misty is in front of the child uh, and the therapist is using uh, emotional constructs, verbal constructs uh, to to work with kids that that really have uh, some uh, challenges and delays. Uh, so, you know, Misty's there on the floor working with the child, uh, there on the desk working with the child. Uh, you know, another example, uh, I, some of these are confidential, right? Because they're, they're still being worked on. Um, but uh, but in, the, in the field of ergonomics, um, you know, Misty is, is uh, roaming an environment and, and consulting with a human being about the ergonomics of their, of their situation uh, because she's got you know, visual acuity, she's got conversation acuity, uh, she's got face recognition, she's got self-driving, uh, you know, tracks for her to drive. So those are, those are some of those experiences. Um, and, you know, and then as I described, the temperature screening assistant um, she's, you, you walk into the hospital, you walk into the mental health center, uh, she's on the desk or she's on a pedestal, uh, and, you know, she detects that you're there because she knows how to detect that there's a person there. She greets you, uh, asks you the questions, uh, you know, helps you understand that to take your temperature, you need to take your eyeglasses off. Uh, she takes her temperature, uh, and she, you know, tells you you're cleared to go into the facility or... Uh, you know, I need you to step aside to for subsequent screening. So what do you envision for this? Uh, I mean, th this is a great application, the temperature screening. Beyond that, do you expect many or most of us will have robots such as Misty in, in our homes in the, in the coming three to five years? Or is it going to take much longer than that? Right, it's a great question. In the offices in the next three to five years, absolutely. Uh, you know, it may not be Misty two, it may be Misty three, uh, maybe Misty four. Uh, you know, just like personal computers and just like AR VR headsets, uh, you know, what existed 50, 40 years ago with personal computers is quite different than what exists today. What existed with AR VR headsets 10 years ago, very different than today. So, you know, for sure, robots are going to evolve. They're going to continue to gain in acuity and power and capability, um, not only because of all the AI that's being created in the cloud, but because of advancements with battery, uh, advancements with, uh, with processing. 
So, uh, you know, I think, I think certainly for offices where there's a huge amount of ROI, right? Hospitals and mental health centers have told us that Misty pays for herself in a month and a half to two, right? That, that's, that's an outrageously good return on investment. Uh, you know, so, and, and you can, once you see the video of the temperature screening assistant, which is an outstanding video, you know, everything just sort of clicks in. You're like, oh my gosh, you know, Misty could be at the, at the desk at the Comcast store and greeting people and answering questions. And if it's, if it's uh, a question that she doesn't really know how to answer, great. Uh, get, the, get the person over. Uh, and that way the Comcast employee can concentrate more on selling and, and giving the person the information they need as opposed to the rote information. You can see her at the grocery store. At the, at the aisle, walk up, tell her what your shopping list is, you know, show her what your shopping list is. And she says, okay, you need to start in aisle two and then go to aisle four and then you'll be done in aisle eight. And, and oh, by the way, if you need some help on a particular thing, great, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get somebody to you and they'll meet you in aisle eight, right? One, I mean, once you see that, that a friendly robot is conversational, recognizes you, can have an interaction, uh, right. I mean, just the number of, of opportunities just explodes. Uh, and, you know, since we've now really proven with the temperature screening assistant that, you know, she's reliable, she works all the time, she works 24 uh, seven. You know, I, I just I think the, the sky's the limit uh, in terms of the home. I, I think it's more in the five to 10 year range. Uh, I mean, it, it just sort of depends on what the what the scope of applications are that, that people develop for the home uh, and, and you know, sort of how, broad, uh, the, how broadly applicable those are. I mean, the, uh, the, know, vision, I, the vision at iRobot is obviously, okay, it's gonna help you clean your house. What's the vision for something like Misty, what it's going to bring into the home? Well, there, there are just dozens of applicable tasks that you would want done in your home. There are tasks related to keeping your children company and keeping your children safe. There's, there are tasks to unlock the door and let the FedEx person put the package in inside the front door. Uh, there are tasks to make sure your teenagers have done their chores before they get Wi-Fi. Uh, there are tasks uh, to make sure that your elderly parent that's staying with you, that their room is safe and, and that, they're, you know, that they've got an opportunity to do something. There are all kinds of games that Misty can play with an elderly person. You know, once you think about therapeutic assistance, therapists can be sending down applications for Misty that can interact with your elderly parent that's living with you. Uh, if you've got autistic kids, again, applications can be downloaded onto Misty so that you could have Misty working with your autistic kid. Um, you know, when you're not there, she can roam around the house to make sure your house is, is protected uh, because she's got. Um, accessories on her. She's got, uh, you know, a backpack uh, and arms that are detachable quickly. You know, you can put any kind of environmental sensor on her. Uh, if you're worried about CO2, if you're worried about other sort of volatile air, great. Buy the accessory for volatile air and she, you know, when she does her patrol in the middle of the night, she's checking it out. Uh, right, there are just, um, there are just so many applications for if you had a little autonomous helper in your house uh, that was conversant, that was, you know, had some knowledge, that was able to independently navigate around, um, you know, there's just so many applications. And, and, and the, 
you know, the big answer to that, Fred, is um, inventors exist throughout the world. And those inventors have never been able to think about inventing a robot solution. But you, know, but you and I know that your lived experience in your home and my lived experience in my home is radically different than the other 8 billion people lived experience in their home. And, and so you, know, you just can never know where, where chocolate's gonna meet peanut butter and, and what sorts of applications that inventor is gonna invent because they happen to have a, a slightly different perspective on you know, what a, a little autonomous being in the home can do. You know, and, and when it's as simple a program as a website, because you know, you know how to do web programming, uh, it's right, it just opens up so much opportunity for, uh, for developers. And what do you see as the ideal form factor? Obviously, Misty 2 is a, is a small robot. I guess that's designed in a way to, to make it as friendly as it can be, or? Yeah, that's absolutely right. Uh, I think you may remember that from past conversations. Um, you know, at, at seven pounds, she's highly portable. You can take her on the airplane, you can move her around. Um, she's not intimidating. She's not gonna damage and destroy things. Uh, you know, the minute that you need to make a robot three feet tall, four feet tall, that's the minute that she's 80 pounds, right? And now she can, you know, do real damage to children in the house, do real damage to the ob objects in the house uh, if she were to run into them. Uh, so, you know, Fred, the, the answer, the, our perspective of the answer is an incredible amount of modularity. Uh, you know, if you need Misty to perform something where you need her to be at three and a half or four feet tall, great. Put her on a modular base that itself weighs 80 pounds, but all the intelligence, all the human interaction, all this, you know, most of the sensors, uh, you know, and you can go to our webpage on the products page, Misty2, and see, you know, what we did there, where, you know, very quickly in a couple of weeks, we built a, a mobile pedestal for her. Okay, great. Now she's three and a half feet tall. Um, you know, the, the future, you know, the C3PO, the rosy, that's, that's more than 10 years away uh, because motors and power management and, uh, and joints and, uh, and, you know, intelligence, that's just so far away to deliver for a couple thousand dollars, right? I mean, you can see Boston Dynamics amazing videos uh, of, of their robots, you know, that are in the millions of dollars. So, uh, so you know, so you can sort of get a sense for, oh, okay, here's the state of the art for, for millions of dollars. Still not quite C-3PO, but it's pretty darn close. Um, and, and, you know, it's going to take a while uh, for that, you know, couple million dollars, who knows how many millions of dollars those robots are, you know, to come down to two, three, five thousand dollars. So today, if people go to the website, how much does Misty 2 cost? And are there out of the box solutions for people who may not be programmers? So, you know, I mentioned that we just put out an out of the box solution, which is temperature screening. Uh, so if you are anywhere where you need, you know, where you're asking a human being to hold a thermometer to somebody's forehead, great, right? That's an out-of-the-box solution for Misty. Uh, it's, it's roughly $3,000 plus a software fee. Um, and 
Uh, and as I sort of talked about, there are some out of the box applications for disabled kids, autistic kids. Uh, and, and by out of the box, that, that doesn't mean that we've packaged a third party's intellectual property into MISTI, right? You still need to you know, communicate with the third party. You know, Fred, you're, you're wise enough and, and wizened enough to remember personal computers when you, know, you went to the third party and you bought the, the spreadsheet and you came home and you put it on your, on your personal computer and right, and, and you first bought the computer and then you bought the things that were useful for you on the computer. And, and that's, you know, we are at the very, very, very dawn of a transition between robots that do one and only one thing, vacuum cleaner, right? And robots that do hundreds of things from an app store, right? Very interesting. So for more information, where do people go? Uh, for the temp screening assistant, temperature.mistyrobotics.com. Uh, and if you're a developer, a company, a person with a robot, robot idea, uh, go to www.mistyrobotics.com. It's M-I-S-T-Y robotics.com. Yes, Misty Tim, as in it's Misty outside. Or play Misty for me. So. Or, play Misty, or, or my favorite, Misty from Chiquiti, the, the, horse, uh, the horse story. Wonderful. Tim Enwall, thank you so much for taking the time with us. Great. Thanks, Fred. Great to be with you again. Now this. It takes a lot of listening to build a better radio, and that's just what the folks at Sea Crane have done. Bob Crane and his crew, nestled among the rivers and tallest trees in the world in Fortuna, California, have made a habit of listening to their customers, and that's just what they've done in building the CC Skywave SSB, the Swiss Army knife of portable radios. For everyday listening to AM or FM in the yard or patio or on the nightstand, Without having to drain a mobile phone battery, it's a great companion. But it is also a companion equipped for NOAA weather information and alerts that can be life-saving. You can listen to FEMA and Coast Guard transmissions, too. Beyond all of that, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. It's compact, easy to take with you, and built to last. The CC SkyWave SSB. Click on the link at textonation.com.